Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by for your home improvement questions. So pick up the phone and help yourself first by dialing 888 Money Pit. 888 666 3974. The weather is chilly, it's brisk, but it's the perfect time to pick up a paintbrush, to pick up a saw, to pick up the phone and call us with your project because we will help you get the job done. 888 666 3974. The number is 888 Money Pit. Well, it is a beautiful time of year to tackle outdoor projects, but it's not going to last forever. In fact, that season is starting to wind down. So coming up this hour, we're going to have your last chance for outdoor projects list, the things that you need to squeeze in right now, or you won't get another chance until spring. Mm-hmm. And now that all of those bicycles, outdoor toys, giant water toys, basketball hoops, ride-on toys, you can tell, small kid in my house, lots of outdoor stuff. Everything is big. <laughs> Child, not so much. Toys, gigantic. <laughs> but seriously, you've got outdoor furniture, lawn furniture, even all your garden tools, and all of that needs to share the space in your shed for the winter. So how do you go about keeping all of that stuff organized in whatever you've got, your garage or your shed? So we're going to share a few tips to help you control that clutter and organize all of those belongings. And also ahead, the more we embrace technology and electronics, the more cords there seem to be. Just in my family room alone, I've got, what, the TV, the stereo, the gaming system, and probably a few I've already forgotten. Because uh, you might complain, but you know you love them, right? Well, the kids love them. You <laughs> the love kids, them, too. The kids Come love on. them. <laughs> uh, but the, the good news, though, is that there is a good, easy way to control all those cords. We're doing it here, and we're going to share that trick with you coming up. And also, one lucky caller this hour is going to get a head start on a new floor because we are giving away a $250 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators, and they have got a huge selection of high-quality flooring options for way less than you're going to find anywhere else because they're buying directly from the mill, which can help save you a ton of money. So give us a call right now. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? John in Pennsylvania is calling in with an insulation question. What can we do for you today, John? Uh, I've got a question uh, concerning uh, uh, installing insulation in my attic. Okay. okay. Do I need to protect the gap between the uh, roof sheathing and the sheathing of the wall? The house does not have an overhang. It's a simple gable roof with vents at either end and a ridge vent. But where the wall sheathing meets the roof sheathing, there is a gap of approximately eighth of an inch. And I was advised that that gap should be uh, protected by a home inspector. Now, wait a minute. So you're talking about re- you're going to re-roof, and you have a gap between the wall sheathing and the roof sheathing. And isn't the roof going to go over that gap and hang over the outside wall? Well, the gap is between the underside of the roof sheathing and the wall sheathing. There is essentially no overhang. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand. The sheathing is not part of Is he worried about water getting in? No. Uh, it, the question is, is for insulation purposes, do no, I need to keep that? No, 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 
No. So that doesn't act like a soffit vent, that little gap? No. No. I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. I don't think it's so that, an issue. I noticed that if I installed drip, uh, a drip edge on the roof when I have it re-roofed, that gap is going to be closed by the, by the uh, drip edge. That's my point. Yeah, you can roof right over that. Okay. Okay? Okay. That there answers my question. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Kate in North Carolina is calling in with a creative flooring project. What can we do for you? My floor is either um, linoleum or vinyl. It's in the kitchen, and it's at least 10 years old. And what I'd like to do is, as an interim project, just to paint it. I'm wondering okay. what you thought about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you could paint it. It's, it's not going to stick. We'd rather you consider using a remnant piece of, uh, of vinyl or perhaps a laminate floor uh, these are not expensive options and going to give you far more durability than any type of a surface prep like paint. Okay, so paint is not an option at all then. I, I, I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, you know, I'm not sure they will even stick. Well, people, I mean, there's a process. I mean, certainly if you were to go online, you'd find information about how to do it. What generally is done, and I mean, really, my only concern is that it's such a floor that you use a lot, you clean a lot. So, you know, the the durability of the paint would have to be a factor. Now, if you were going to give it a try, since maybe in a year you're going to replace it anyway, and why not? Um, What you would want to do is sand the floor which is crazy. You'd be sanding the floor with like 180 grit sandpaper and you want to just remove that glossy finish and get rid of that like slickness to it. And then once you've sanded, you're going to use like a a liquid sand or something, maybe like gloss off just to try to get that additional surface finish off of that flooring. Once that's done, you're going to prime the surface with a really good painting primer and you want to use a good thick coat with a roller and then allow that to dry and then you can go ahead and paint it. Now, you might want to use a porch and floor paint or something that's really made to withstand the traffic. And I mean, you can get creative. You can use a stencil. You can, you know, use an interesting finish. You can create it to look like anything. But I mean, it's worth a shot if you plan on replacing it in a year or two. Just see how it, how it stands up. But it, my concern is just scrubability, durability. You, you know, you use the kitchen floor a lot. Alrighty, I will. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. There's lots and lots of things that can be painted. Vinyl floors is not one of them. (laughs) You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Gather around, home improvers, as I tell you the tale of Goldilocks. (laughs) It is not too hot. It is not too cold. It is just right to get out there and tackle your fall home improvement project. So no excuses. It's time to get the jobs done. We're going to have your fall fix-up checklist next. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but still filthy. Hey, 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 money pit. Hey, 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 money The Money Pit is brought to you by Isonine. If you're building, remodeling, or re-insulating, demand Isonine spray foam insulation. 
Isonin fills the spaces other insulations miss for up to 50% energy savings. Learn more and find a dealer at Isonin.com. I-C-Y-N-E-N-E.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to walk away with a terrific start to a new floor because we've got a $250 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators. Lumber Liquidators sells brand name flooring for less. There are over 200 stores nationwide. Financing and installation are always available. And you can visit LumberLiquidators.com to learn all about that or pick up the phone right now and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You must have a home improvement question. And if we draw your name out of the Money Pit hard hat, you could win 250 bucks worth of flooring from our friends at Lumber Liquidators. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to give you a hand with everything that you are working on. And now that the outdoor temperatures are dropping, you might be thinking that, all right, it's perfect time of year. I can store away all my tools and lock up that shed and be done for the winter. But not so fast, guys, all right? Home improvement, it is a year-round adventure, and fall is a critical time to keep things running smoothly at your money pit. So here are some ideas for last-minute fall projects that you can take on before winter's chill truly sets in. First up, power washing. Now, the leaves and the dirt that are just getting blown all around in this autumn season, it can leave your siding, your decking, your sidewalk, even your driveway just a gigantic mess. But you have to be careful because a power or pressure washer, they're super helpful, but you can't be too aggressive. You got to know the right application for the right surface. Don't stand too close. Don't point it at your toes. People get crazy with pressure washers because they're a ton of fun and they do a great job cleaning off all that moss and mildew and dirt. Just be careful because you don't want to splinter the wood. You don't want to blast off layers of concrete. You don't want to bust a hole in the siding. So use it, but use it wisely. Next up, what if there was one fall improvement that could stop your foundation from cracking, stop you from getting ice around your sidewalks, stop your basement from flooding, stop your trim on the outside of your house from rotting away? Would you do it? Sure you would. Well, but maybe not when I tell you what it is. Clean out your gutters. Gutters get dirty. The water overflows. It causes all sorts of home improvement headaches. Uh, It will cause you all sorts of home repairs that will have to be done if you don't take care of that simple job. So get the ladder up. Get out there, clean those gutters, get the downspouts extended away, and you and your house will be much happier for the effort. And finally, here's one last step. You don't want to forget to mulch your flower beds. Now, you should have about two to three inches of mulch, but if you live in an area where winter gets like, you know, really chilly or cold, you want to go for four inches. And once you've checked these things off of your fall to-do list, you can relax. That is until next weekend when the list will grow again. Check out moneypit.com for your fall weekend checklist. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your first to-do project and we will help you get the job done. Donna in Texas is dealing with a moldy smell coming from a crawl space. Tell us about it. Yeah, when we bought our house about three or four months ago, we noticed as we were looking at the house and then after we moved into the house that there's just really a pretty significant odor when you come into the house, and it is uh, just kind of a moldy, mildewy, old house smell. The house was built in about 84, and it's got pure and beam. It's pure and beam, obviously. And that's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not that old to be smelling that old. Let me right, tell you exactly. now. Now, what's it built on? Is it on a crawl space? Yes, it's got a pretty good size crawl space under mm-hmm. there. It's probably about four foot, three feet, four foot uh, tall. Right. Um, 
it's on a slope, so it does get some drainage from mm-hmm. other areas, which mm-hmm. we have worked to um, move to, you know, where it doesn't come in that much to the house. Right. And there so, were French drains in place when we first got here, but we think they probably have been um, kind of eaten through by roots and things out there in the yard. Mm-hmm. They are actually going to mm-hmm. dig those up because I think they're just not working anymore, quite frankly. Well, I mean, generally, the situation when you get a mold or a musty smell coming from a crawl space that sort of inundates the house, it just means that you've got a moisture issue, and you know this. So what you really need to do is address the moisture outside, and you're right spot on to look at this French drain and see what's going on and see what's happening with the root system. But also, I mean, kind of a first step would be check your gutters. Make sure that you have gutters on this house. Make sure that you have downspouts, that the downspouts and the gutters aren't clogged. And then you want to look where the downspouts deposit that water. You know, are they connected to that drainage system? Are they buried underground? You know, you want to make sure that everything's connected and that the downspout doesn't just drop the water right next to the foundation with one of those splash guards. You really want it to move that that water maybe four feet, five feet away from that foundation wall just to get it away from that house. Then you also want to look at the grading. You know, you said there's a slope. So look at all the flower beds and whatever soil is around the perimeter of the foundation and make sure that it slopes away from the house. And you want like a gradual slope so you can go down maybe six inches over four feet and that'll do a great job of moving that water away. Now with crawl spaces, Tom, you can get a crawl space dehumidifier or even a humidistat for down there, right? Well, yeah. What you would do is you would uh, put a fan into the crawl space vent, and there are fans that are actually made to fit inside the crawl space vent. And that okay. is hooked up to a humidistat so that whenever the humidity gets high in the crawl space, it comes on. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I think you might have solved our problem then. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to help. Donna, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Next up, we've got James in North Carolina who needs some help leveling a garage door. Tell us what's going on. Uh, the home that we have purchased, um, the garage door, uh, the, the way they built it, uh, the garage door is level, uh, but the ground is not. Um, I guess they re- repaved it. Um, I put in a threshold to try to raise up the, the ground a little bit. However, there's still a gap. Um, is the garage door metal or wood? Metal. Hmm. Okay. Have you tried to adjust the garage door where essentially it's sort of almost tilted in the opening so it strikes evenly? Yes. Okay. So if you've done all those things, of course, metal is inflexible in the sense if it was wood, you could actually trim the bottom part of the door to match the angle. But since it's not, since it's metal, what you want to do here is you're not going to be able to visually close the gap. But what you could do is seal it by adding a um, another piece to the back of the garage door and... Let's just, for argument's sake, say it's a one by four or a one by six, with a with weather stripping on the bottom edge of it attached to the back of the door, and then that strip actually is mounted on the angle that it has to to seal tight to the ground. Okay, you understand what I mean? Attached to the door, but uh, correct while it's on the floor, correct? Right, mounted while it's on the floor, so you get the angle correct. That's right. That's how you would line it up. Yeah, there's a way to to kind of make that work. Okay, I appreciate your help. You're welcome, James. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Damon in Texas has a question about radiant barriers. How can we help you with that? Hey, guys. Um, it's getting about that time of year where I can actually go in the attic and live for a couple hours. And okay. I want to put in a radiant barrier. But one of my concerns is 
uh, moisture buildup on either side of it, you know, and if it's on the top side where I hang it on the rafters, will it, you know, will it, you know, get into the wood or will it, if it's on the bottom side, will it trickle down into the blown-in insulation just above the, the sheetrock deck. Um, is this something you do every year with installing the radiant barrier or is this a new project now? Oh, this is a totally new project. That's just one of those things that, you know, you try to figure out ways to save right. energy. I know house. radiant barriers are, are popular in your part of the country, but I've never been able to conclusively prove that they do anything in terms of actually being super effective. As far as moisture is concerned, though, as long as the attic is properly ventilated, and especially if you use ridge and soffit vents, then moisture shouldn't be an issue because any moisture that builds up should vent out. Right, okay. So and if I were to put it in, I would have to make like a slot along my ridge to make sure that Make the sure or add, add a ridge vent if you don't have one. Ooh, well, that can get expensive. Well, you know, it's not terribly difficult to put a ridge vent in. I mean, typically, if you put a ridge vent in, you take a circ saw with a nail-cutting blade, and you cut a slot down the, the peak of the roof, uh, peel out all the asphalt there, and then attach the ridge vent on top of that. There are there, There's a wide variety of ridge vent quality. Take a look at, um, I think it's actually airvent.com. It's the site for Certainteed. They make, um, Airvent is one of their brands, and they make a, a ridge vent that's got a, a baffle on it that speeds up the depressurization at the ridge and helps the air really get drawn out very efficiently. Wow, okay. So you, you don't have any good experience with, with radiant barriers? No, and I've seen a lot of hard sales for it, and that makes me really uncomfortable. A lot of promises without a lot of data to support that it works properly. Right, right, because I've had demonstrations where, you know, the guy, yeah. you know, he takes a cigarette and he puts it out on there, and it, he has it sitting in his hand, and, you know. Yeah, okay. That's like a lighter to it and all this, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, I, I would throw a guy like that into my house really quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. If I, well, if I want a magic God. show, I'll, I'll I'll go to the theater. <laughs> nice. Good luck, Damon. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, the bane of a busy family's existence, cords and cables making a beautifully decorated room look like an electrical grid. We're going to tell you how to solve that problem once and for all next. The Money Pit is brought to you in part by Aero Fastener Company, the leader in professional fastening products since 1929. The makers of the iconic T-50 staple gun, the world's best-selling staple gun, Aero Fastener has the right tool for every application. Explore Aero's latest product innovations at aerofastener.com. Pit is brought to you by Skill, and now you can easily cut through the most difficult projects with ease with a power cutter from Skill. With powerful lithium-ion technology and an auto-sharp blade system, Skill's lightweight power cutter will soon become your favorite tool too. The Skill Power Cutter. It cuts just about anything. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, speaking for guys, Leslie, there is nothing cooler than a totally in-your-face home entertainment system with a jumbotron-sized television and booming surround sound. My wife, on the other hand, may see it just a bit differently. 
Yeah, seriously. I cannot understand the male gender's obsession with having the biggest, loudest, coolest, whatever adjective insert there sound system. Now, I can only speak for my own husband, but just from that, I can tell you that dudes love televisions and audio and video equipment. Now, when my husband finally indulged his obsession and set up surround sound, the first time that we watched a movie... I was completely scared out of my mind. I just kept asking, <laughs> what's that sound? Are I know the there were like here? sirens Did coming around that? the corner and stuff like that. Yeah, I was really like losing my mind. I was like amazed that the sound was truly coming from every corner of the room. And I guess I just wasn't mentally prepared for that. Now, seriously, I can't control the amount of equipment that ends up in my living room. There is, however, one thing that I can be in charge of, and that is cable and cord management, because nothing bugs me more than seeing that big mess of cords lying loosely under a media cabinet. Heck, even when that mess is just out of sight, Knowing that it exists can absolutely send me over the edge. So to put my mind at ease, I make sure that the cables are neatly secured along the baseboard of the room. And the best way to tidy up all of that cording is with an Arrow T25 professional wire and cable staple gun. Now, the T25 is going to fire both round and square crown staples, and those are made to accommodate a variety of cable and wire sizes. And the nose on the gun itself even has a channel to help protect and guide those cables in place. So the next time you find your home welcoming a new piece of equipment, take a deep breath and know that the cable and cords are not going to take over your entire living area. Good point. If you want more tips like that, be sure to check out Leslie's blog where she doesn't hold her feelings back on cord mess and how to get rid of it. (laughs) This tip has been presented by Arrow Fasteners. Also check out Arrow's Facebook page to win a $10,000 dream room makeover with decorating help from Leslie. And you know there will be no visible cords in that room. All right. Now we've got Jeff in Iowa on the line who's doing some caulking, getting ready for the winter season. What can we do for you? Yes, I was wondering if I should caulk around the outside of my windows on my house. Uh, I have vinyl siding, and I was told to caulk around the windows to seal the weather, the wind out. But mm-hmm. a carpenter friend has said that the vinyl siding shrinks and expands so much, it wouldn't be a good idea to, to caulk it. Well, it depends. First of all, Jeff, how old is your house? Uh, it's 1955. Okay. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea to do that. If you use a very good quality window and door caulk and you put it on with patience and accuracy uh, around the window trim, I think it could do a good job of cutting down on drafts. I will give you, though, another trick of the trade. That is to not only caulk outside, but caulk inside. If you caulk between the wood window trim inside and the wall and the trim and the window, if it's painted trim, you can use a white acrylic latex caulk, and you will be amazed how much how many drafts come around the body of the window and, and, and exit out around that trim. So I think if you caulk both inside and outside, you can definitely reduce the amount of air infiltration that comes through the space. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll try that then. All right, Jeff. Give it a shot. Right, huh? Thank you. Be confident. It'll work. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks so much for Thanks. calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Sandy in Missouri is dealing with some cracky wallpaper. What can we do for you? Yeah, I've got some 23-year-old vinyl wallpaper Mm -hmm. that at the seams it's separating, and I've tried like four different types of adhesive, and nothing will keep those edges down, and I want to keep the wallpaper. What can Mm. I do? You know, what ends up happening is the adhesive layer separates from the paper layer, and so you're just kind of dealing with a situation, Sandy, where it very often will delaminate. And being that it's been on the walls for 23 years, 
you're going to be fighting this now until you decide to replace it. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're you're kind of. Well, I'm trying to tell you in the nicest possible way that you're fighting a losing battle, and after 23 years, you ought to give it up. <laughs> there's lots of options out there. There's there's you know lots and lots of options, and I'm sure if you like wallpaper, you can find another beautiful wallpaper to to replace this with. But you're just going to keep regluing and regluing and regluing. If you get it to stop in one place, it's going to open up somewhere else. So I think at that age. I would definitely think about replacing it. Okay. Well, thank you for the advice. You're welcome, Sandy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, it's time to take your summer equipment inside until the return of the sun. But are you just going to dump them in your cluttered garage and close the door and forget about it? Well, we're going to have some tips for organizing your storage space when the Money Pit returns. You live in a Money Pit! The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-on Blinds. Enclosed behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT. Call us right now with your home repair, your home improvement, your home decor question. And if we choose your name out of the Money Pit hard hat of all callers to the program, you might win a $250 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators. And that will be a great start to a brand new floor. So call us now with your question at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, pick up the phone. We want to give you a hand with all of your projects. Now, unless you live in a climate that's sunny year-round, You probably have outdoor things that need to be stored for the winter season. And it seems the most popular place to store yard and sports equipment is your garage, of course. Now, it can handle more weight than your attic, and it's easier to access than your basement. But you don't just want to chuck everything on the garage floor because it's a giant mess. Mentally, it's going to drive you crazy knowing that it's in there. Oh, wait, maybe that's just me. (laughs) But there are ways to keep it safe neat, and most importantly, easy to access. Well, first of all, storing things on the ground is a safety hazard. Besides tripping over it, you can't find what you need and it always looks like a big stinking mess. So wall storage is always a better option. You may also want to think about investing in a garage organizer. There are lots of really innovative pieces out there like wall components and cabinets that are on the market. And if you've got kids of any age, you've got toys of some kind. So bicycles, sports equipment, they can also turn a garage into a real disaster zone. So look for organizers to accommodate kids and all of their stuff, like the simple hooks that you can uh, attach to the ceiling and then hang the bicycles from the ceiling, get them off the floor. And speaking of kids, Leslie, we also want to say be very careful to clean your garage of any pesticides or other toxic materials that could hurt kids because you don't want to mix toys and toxins. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing the things that you combine in a garage space that everybody in the family uses. So do store things carefully. Get those dangerous items completely out of reach from the little guys. And if you find that you've got just too much 
much stuff for your garage, why not think about a shed? If you do, you want to make sure that you get one that can stand up to weather extremes. It should also, you know, be able to have lockable doors that you can keep out those intruders and really keep the tools away from your kids because that's super important. You know, it's curious hands, a brightly colored tool, and all of a sudden it's a danger zone. So just think about safety. And, you know, there are many affordable prefabricated sheds available on the market that can be set up really fast and they can be used for storage in a jiffy. So if you find you're running out of space, think about that, you know, auxiliary space in the shed and just pop it right next door to your garage. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Ron in North Carolina is working on some storage in the basement. How can we help you? Uh, I have some metal shelving units, and under our home we have crawl spaces actually over six feet high, and I would like to secure these metal shelves to the wall, but I'm afraid that if I do it improperly, that I'll I will crack the concrete blocks that is actually the foundation to our house. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too terribly much about that. You can use Tapcon hardware for that. You know what a Tapcon bolt is? Yes. Is that the, the same thing that's similar to what they call redheads? Mm, I don't know. I've hmm. never heard it called that. It's a, it's a brand name, Tapcon, but basically it's a hardened bolt, and it comes with a pilot drill usually in the package. And you pilot drill it out, and then you could screw right into the block with this, and uh, it'll do a great job of holding stuff up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's really made for this purpose. I've also seen some people, and I've done this myself when dealing with brick and sort of building like a fireplace around, um, when you drill out the hole and you're ready to screw in or attach whatever you're working with, some people take like a length of wire and, you know, sort of folded in half so it's like u-shaped and just tuck it into the hole and as they put in the tapcon it sort of acts as like an extra anchor but i mean either way it works oh okay okay and you buy those at lowe's hardware or home Depot. anywhere yeah absolutely in the fastener aisle make sure you get the one that has the drill bit attachment the uh the piece that goes with it okay all right, great. Now we'll try it, and I appreciate you answering my question. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Marvin in Illinois, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a house with cedar siding, okay, and uh, the woodpecker uh, now deceased, unfortunately, but he's pecked <laughs> two holes about an inch and a half in diameter in the side of my house, and I was wondering if they make a product that I can put in and fill in those holes and. And it would be sandable, and I could blend it in and then stain it the the same color as the original. Well, inch-and-a-half holes are pretty darn big. What kind of cedar siding is this? Is it clapboard or cedar shingles, shakes? What do you got? Uh, It's clapboard. Clapboard. Was he he courteous enough to make both holes on the same piece? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, No, huh? Because to try to fill in an inch-and-a-half gap like that, it's going to look like a patch. I presume this is stained and not uh, painted? Well, it, it's a colored stain. Uh, it's a colored stain, it, it, yeah. It's a, so it's not a clear cedar. It's, right, it's yeah. It's more painted than stained. Right. The best, thing, the best thing to do here is to replace the piece of siding. And it's not that hard to do. Uh, what I would do is I would gently pry up the piece above it and then try to cut out the bad pieces and then put a... Put a new piece in. The key here, though, is not to put a small piece in, but to put actually a, a sizable piece, like I'm talking like a four-foot long piece in. 
And if you replace both of those pieces of siding, then you sand it and prime it and restain it, it'll be invisible. If you try to fill that in, because an inch and a half hole is, is actually way too big to use, even if you use like an epoxy wood filler, or um, uh, there, there's different products that are used like for rod, rotted wood and things like that, that where it can sort of fill it in like a cavity. I mean, even if you use those products, I think no matter what, you're still going to see it. So I would rather see you replace it because it's just not that hard of a project to do. And this way it'll be done once, done right, and you won't have to think about it every time you stare up there and remember that woodpecker, respectfully remember that May woodpecker, of course, that is, now, <laughs> right, that is now gone to the, uh, the big tree in the sky, so to speak. Okay. Well, I appreciate your expertise. You're welcome. And uh, save me some time. Thank you All very right. much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. The cedar-sided palace in the sky. The cedar-sided <laughs> palace in the sky. That's right. Woodpecker heaven. <laughs> you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Coming up, it is time to clear the air. What you can use to actually clean a fireplace that has seen years of smoke damage. We'll tell you all the details after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch, professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And trust me, you don't want to know what's living in your washing machine if you haven't cleaned it in a while. Yes, it's true. You do have to wash your washer. You want to know how to do that right and be totally germ-free? Head on over to MoneyPit.com and search cleaning your washer and dryer. Your clothes and your family will thank you. And while you're online, you can head on over to moneypit.com and go over to the community section and post your questions there, just like Phil in New Jersey did, who wrote, I have a marble slab on the wall over our wood-burning fireplace that has become discolored from the smoke. Is there anything that I can use to try and clean this? I know marble is quite porous, and it is probably deep in the stone by now. Yes. Um, we would recommend TSP, trisodium phosphate. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is pick this up. It's in the uh, painting aisle, typically at uh, home centers or hardware stores. Mix it up into a paste. Apply it to the smoky area. Let it sit for a bit. It will tend to draw out uh, those stains, those carbon stains from the stone. You might want to try it on one area of the fire of the stone, perhaps even if it's not stained, just to kind of see its effect, because it is going to lighten sure the area. Make sure it doesn't react weird. Well, it tends to lighten everything. So it not only may pull out some of the smoke stain, but it could lighten the area around it. So that's definitely something where you want to test it first. But TSP works very good to pull out smoke stains. All right, next up, we've got a post from Virginia who writes, I have a bungalow house with a metal roof. I'm planning to convert the attic into living space and would like to insulate and drywall. When I look at the underside of the roof, I see boards running lengthwise and a space of a few inches in between them. And the spaces in between, I see the underside of the metal roof. How should I insulate it? Well, you want to insulate not necessarily up to the underside of the roof, but to the ceiling between the two spaces. So if you have a ceiling joist here, you would insulate at the ceiling layer. If you don't have them, you could simply add them on 24-inch centers simply to support the insulation. So you don't have to get up into the attic space against the roof. You want to insulate, though, right at the ceiling before that. Yeah, and you know, the ceiling, that really is the most important place that you can have the insulation. Really think about the roof as your hat when you wear a hat in the wintertime. It truly keeps the heat in. So if there's really only one place that you can insulate, that's it. And enjoy that extra living space. You are going to benefit so much from it. 
Well, cheap and easy, two words that are never used to describe Leslie, but are always used to describe her decorating. She's got the lowdown on how to create a luxurious look with inexpensive tables in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Man, if our broadcast table wasn't so wide, I'd reach over there and smack you right now, Mr. Kreitler. (laughs) All right, guys, all kidding aside, the holidays are coming up. And for a lot of us, that means that you're going to be hosting your family and your friends. And if you have ever been relegated to the kids' table, you know a card table really isn't the most comfortable or even stable option out there. But you don't have to go out and buy an expensive table to handle all of your guests that you're only hosting, you know, one or two times a year. Simple and inexpensive tables, they can be converted to rich, fine furniture by simply adding a new top. What you want to do is buy a small Parsons table at a discount furniture store or a place like Ikea and then add a fabulous stone top. You can have your local stone supplier cut it to your size, even fit it and apply it. For best results, you want to let that stone edge overhang the original top by an inch or so on all sides. And large and synthetic tree-sized flower pots, they also make great table bases. You just have to think creatively. You know, you can combine two of those flower pots with a large piece of glass, and suddenly you've got a gorgeous wall table to display all of your finery or create a buffet on. You know, this is going to make you and your guests feel really comfortable. It's going to make the room look glorious and glamorous and festive. And that's really what you want for the holiday. Holiday season. So think outside of the box before you send, you know, grandpa to sit at the kids' table. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the Money Pit, it is time for you to make an appointment. That is a service appointment with your heating and cooling professional to get that service done for your furnace. You got to do it now because you want to make sure that it is purring properly all winter long. We're going to tell you what has to be included in that project on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.